But when the time, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come Holy Spirit, lead us again. And I pray that these words of mine would not be my words, but they would be your words on this Christmas morn. Shine your light upon us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Draw us to yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Father, for sending the Son to save us in every way. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing us into this good news, for speaking to us new life and a new identity. In Jesus' name, the name of our Savior, I pray. Amen. But when the time had fully come, the set time had fully come, Take a look at the historical setting of Christ's birth and you can maybe get a little bit of a sense of what God was up to. Why then? Why did he send the Son incarnate exactly when he sent the Son incarnate? Well, James Montgomery Boyce is a scholar who observed that when Jesus was born, there were historical factors which made it a particularly good time. For the gospel to spread. As Dr. Boyce describes it, this was a time when the Pax Romana, the peace of the Roman Empire, extended over most of the civilized earth, and when travel and commerce were therefore possible in a way that had formerly been impossible. Hmm. Great roads linked the empire of the Caesars and its diverse regions were linked far more significantly by the all-pervasive language of the Greeks at the fact that the world was sunk in a moral abyss so low that even the pagans cried out against it. And that spiritual hunger was everywhere evident. And one has a perfect time, a perfect time for the coming of Christ and for the early expansion of the Christian gospel. God's timing is perfect. God had a plan. When the time had fully come. And at this particular right ideal time, God sent his son, born of a woman. God the son incarnate is born of a woman. We talked about this last night. God doesn't take a fireman's pole down to planet Earth, terra firma. God doesn't take any shortcuts in saving us. God the Son takes the same path in that all of us took, beginning with the womb. God submits to a human experience. And then he submits to the law. He's one born under the law, Paul says. In other words, subject to Jewish law at the time because he's human, just like you and me. 100% God, 100% human, not any less of either because he's both. 
He's human just like you and me. And he submits to that in order to redeem those under the law. Scholars tell us that redemption means to buy out of slavery. But this is not just about getting out of a predicament. He gets us out. He comes to buy us back from whatever would grip you and me, whatever we're enslaved to, that is absolutely true. And if you're feeling stuck or struggling with something right now, even something simple or something very complex, he came to deliver you and me from those things, to give us freedom, to get us out, to set us free. But he gets us out of our slavery to sin and sin's consequences, not just to get us out, but also to bring us in. To receive adoption to sonship. He doesn't just get us out. He brings us in. I told you a few weeks ago about how my first task after I passed my ordination oral exam in front of about 300 folks at Seattle Presbytery when I got home and I was living in a home with a bunch of young adults, young adult guys. And I came home, found out my college roommates had gotten themselves into the college age guys who, was, who was, were housemates of mine, had gotten themselves into a predicament uh, by breaking into abandoned school, and they were locked up in King County Jail. And so pretty much the first thing I did after I was certified to be ordained by Seattle Presbytery was to go and bail my housemates out of King County Jail. But suppose I had done that. And then just left them on the street, locked them out of the house, kicked them out, denied knowing them, or shunned them or whatever, right? They might be out of jail, but where would they go? In Jesus Christ, the Father bails us out and brings us home. He bails us out and brings us home. And not just into a house but into a family. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Could it really be true that the manger is our entry point into a new family identity within God's family? Do you have a new home? Have you made your home there? Do we really see ourselves as not just bailed out of trouble by God, but actually really truly claimed by God in Jesus Christ. What's claiming you this Christmas morning? What exercises such power over your life that you feel owned by it? Maybe past mistakes. You know, holidays have a way of bringing bringing up gunk, you know. Regrets, struggles, your past or ongoing struggles, hurts that other people have done to you, current frustrations, regrets, mistakes, struggles, hurts, frustrations, they can exercise power over us sometimes. And that, that can seem to own us. But the gospel says not so. The manger says not so. You and I have been redeemed, bought and paid for through Jesus Christ. 
if our regrets and mistakes and struggles and hurts and frustrations and addictions and sins, whatever, were prisons, prisons that would seek to lock us up, Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension as our king has permanently obliterated the bars and locks and the doors to such prisons. But we are not freed to merely wander the streets on our own. We have a new home. We have a new family. The manger is an entry point into our new family. We who are sinners through Jesus Christ become sons and daughters adopted because you are his sons for success. And at times when it seems impossible to believe that, listen to what God does. Verse six, because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. I was at Princeton Seminary when Dr. James Loder was there. I never took a class from him, but I heard heard of him and heard him once from outside his his classroom. And I heard of him and he was a a Harvard educated, um, I think he was in the psychiatry and theology. He was a brilliant, brilliant man. And he would teach on Christian on, on development, human development from a Christian perspective. And he was so in touch with the Holy Spirit, brilliant, brilliant man, incredible mind, but he was so in touch with the Holy Spirit. He'd had a he'd had a near-death experience. I believe he had to he pulled his car, pulled a uh, help lift a car off of his wife when they were in a car accident one time through the power of the Holy Spirit. He'd had some incredible uh, 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 moments with God and deeply uh, connected relationship with the Holy Spirit, and he would be lecturing in his class, and he, he would, Dr. Loder would become so overwhelmed by the Spirit of God that he would just start to cry in his class. And one time he was talking about linguistic development in kids, and he was saying, Mama, Dada, and then he said, then he said, Abba, and he started to cry. The development spiritually that we have is not a closed system. It is not something that we as humans achieve on our own or grip our way up. It is a gift that God gives. The system has been torn open. It is no longer just us trying to claw our way to God. God has poked a hole in the cosmos and jumped into human skin through the baby Jesus and through him now we have the Holy Spirit who gives us the Abba in our hearts so that our kids and us as adults have that gift much like Mary when she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and given the son in her womb we now through the Holy Spirit are given Abba, being able to call God Daddy from our hearts. God provides the Holy Spirit to give us this new identity. Whatever situation you are in, whatever your location, whatever your current struggle, we can constantly know who we are and who is whose we are by the Holy Spirit 
who lives in us. Because now, through through the baby Jesus, the system is open. Torn a hole in the sky, jumped down human skin, developed through a human experience in in the baby Jesus. 100% God, 100% human. And now through the Holy Spirit, we can access the identity of also being God's sons and daughters. But it's through the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's always available. It's not based on how we feel, how we look, how good a day we had, our ability to achieve it or think through it or get to it on our own or reason our way to it. He has sent into our hearts the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, Daddy. And in our spiritual development, this is what Dr. Loder was getting at, and our spiritual development in parallel with our linguistic development, those words, Mama, Dada, Abba, (laughs) as a gift coming in. We need the spirit of God in our lives to be able to have that identity as being able to call God our dad, our daddy. I was with a bunch of college students. I led a, years ago, I led an urban project in Portland in 2006. I had about 24, 25 college students with us. And we stayed at the Salvation Army Center. It was an amazing trip. Had a young man on our team who would always say, when he would start to pray, he would say, hey dad, Hey, Dad. Remember that. That stuck with me. Through the Holy Spirit, we call God Daddy. I love the end of the film, The Rise of Skywalker. Many of you know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And you may or may not know the story, but the the character... Ray, who is brilliantly cast as the kind of the focal point of the story, as this bright light in this film. She's battling things inside of herself, and she's battling the evil Palpatine, who's the horrendous antagonist who lives in this world called Exegol. They got to go in there and uh, take care of that so they can save the, the good guys. And so she's at the center of this battle. She is knocked down. Things look very dire indeed. And then there's this great moment in the, in, the, in the film when she's laying there and she hears the voices of all the Jedi who are speaking to her and saying, get up, Ray, get up, get up. It's like all the characters and they bring back all these awesome characters from the film. It's like a community of saints, you know, but but in the in the force realm, right? But it's there's a parallel there. And they're speaking to her and they're encouraging her. Those voices from her past, telling her who she is, encouraging her to get up. And then she gets up and she defeats evil in the climactic battle. When times are hard, whether or not we get up, whether or not we keep going has a lot to do with the voices we're listening to. And even when times are good, when we're on course, staying on course has a lot to do with the voices we're listening to. You can have defeat on you. You can have success on you. Either of those things can be quite hazardous to your future and to your spiritual health, right? If anything other than God owns you. Well, Though anything, anything can capture us, things good and things bad, 
Struggles and successes can capture us and we can lose our way. But God provides a way for us to stay in touch with the one main voice. Because of what has occurred at Christmas, the same Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary and led to the birth of Jesus is now the way that God provides for us to hear the most important voice we could ever hear. The Holy Spirit in us calling out, Abba, Father. That voice becoming our voice. Listening and living into that voice is true freedom. Through Jesus Christ, through his coming as a child, we begin to embrace our identity as God's children. That is a lifetime experience and we're all in it. Trusting that, believing in that, hearing that voice. This is the thing with Rey in the Star Wars saga is that she's struggling with her identity. She's got this, this, this rough history and she's also got this new thing and she's battling. And really that's all of us. That's the Christian life. That's Paul in Romans 7. I don't do what I want to do. What I don't want to do, I keep on doing. Am I going to live into the reality of who God has made me to be? Or am I going to live into the old me? This is the struggle we all have. God has provided the voice in the spirit for us to experience our sonship and our daughtership as God's. We belong to God. We belong to him now. That is what the baby Jesus means. Dick Hansen, our brother, went home to the Lord this morning at 7 a.m. He knew he belonged to Jesus now. Even in death, Jesus holds him. Our brother Wally Hamilton is in the hospital with some serious health issues. He knows And we're going to continue to encourage him that he belongs to Jesus now, swaddled. Kathy Ritterbush, our sister in ongoing nurse care. Through the spirit, whatever is going on in her her struggles to comprehend and hear, the spirit can break through. The spirit can tell her who she is. As we as God's people live together and make space in our lives, we daily can hear that same voice of the Spirit crying out, Abba, Father. And that voice becomes our voice as the Spirit comes over us. And we get up and we keep going. That is what Christmas has done for us. It owns us. God, it's God's way of owning us through his son, Jesus. It's not just a nice moral story of love. It is that, but it's also God coming in and reaching into you and me and claiming us as his sons and daughters through his son, through whom we become sons and daughters. And now the spirit enables us to hear that and live in that no matter how we feel, whether we feel it some days or don't, good and bad, whatever. Make space in your life in this year. I know many of you do and we can all grow in this to listen for that spiritual Spirit language of Abba, Father. So that you call God Daddy and know that you're beloved. Know that you belong to him no matter what. That is the path to freedom. That is what Christmas brings us. That is the greatest gift of all. The gift of our sonship and daughtership 
through the Son. We are sons of the Father and daughters of the Father. Accessing that through the Holy Spirit. And that is the path to freedom no matter what. That is the ultimate Christmas gift. May it be so for you and for me. And may we hear that daily. Unstoppably, unceasingly. Through life's ups and downs. And even through death itself. In Jesus name. Amen.